from the GW Hatchet, this is Alec Rich, and you're listening to our weekly news podcast, Getting to the Bottom of It. On August 27th, Deborah Baker, who was the Columbian College of Arts and Sciences Senior Advisor for Pre-Law, announced in an email that her position was eliminated and that it would be her final day on the job. The termination of the position was just one of many that the university has made over the past month as a result of the economic fallout from the coronavirus pandemic. But this decision in particular struck a nerve with numerous students and members of the GW community who argued that a cut like this is detrimental to those looking to pursue a career in law, not to mention the reputation of GW and its location in Washington, D.C. As to the university's rationale behind Baker's termination, Provost Brian Blake said his office ran a study in June to determine the efficiency of various departments, including advising across the university. He said he ultimately made a hard decision to increase the ratio of undergraduate students per advisor from 193 to 220, given that the national average is about 250 students per undergraduate advisor. Blake also said that there are several Columbian College of Arts and Sciences advisors who hold law degrees and played key roles in pre-law advising before. He added that the Elliott School will help coordinate the pre-law effort across schools moving forward. After hearing of the announcement, Sophomore Corinna Ochoa Berkeley, who's a political science and philosophy major, started a petition to reinstate Baker. That petition has since earned over 500 signatures, and she shared with me why Baker's loss is important. Corinna, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, It's great to be here. Thank you. So why is the termination of the sole pre-law advising position in CCAS held by Deborah Baker so significant to students? At a school like GW, where it's renowned for its political affiliation or it's renowned for its political activism and specifically its high percentage of students who eventually want to pursue a career in law. Terminating the only pre-law advisor that they have puts this large group of students at a pretty significant disadvantage over you know, peers at their other schools that are also delivering high amounts of students um, to these law schools. So, you know, a lot of students came into GW with the expectation that they're going to an institution that has a high rate of feed to these, you know, top law schools. And now that, you know, they don't have a point of guidance, now that they don't have an advisor to get them through the process. It's a pretty complicated process um, of applying to law school. And, you know, it especially um, significantly puts at a disadvantage students who can't pay for outside resources, right? Like you have all of these different um, like LSAT coaching services, you have all of these different like application, personal statement reviewing services uh, that people pay thousands of dollars to access. And, you know, by not having an advisor that's able to do those kinds of things for students, um, it's really just putting everyone at a disadvantage. And, you know, what inspired you specifically to start this petition? And, you know, what has been response from the community and also the response from the administration? So I'm captaining GW mock trial this year. And we received an email on the pre-law student association listserv that Debbie was no longer going to be our 
advisor because the position had been terminated. So in addition to serving as, you know, like the pre-law advisor, she also serves as a faculty advisor to a lot of different student organizations. And, you know, what, what do you think it says that so many members of the community have responded so far to the petition and also you um, had posted about the administration's response as well? The biggest response I've seen from the student community is just, frankly, disappointment in the administration. Obviously, this administration has a history of not making the student body happy. They have a history of making administrative decisions that don't bode well with faculty, right? So what I've been hearing a lot of is just, you know, disappointed, not surprised. So you have some concern from faculty, you know, who are advocating on behalf of students who you know, are in this predicament. And, you know, you also have a lot of incoming freshmen who, you know, just signed up to go to GW and believing that, you know, GW is going to have all these magnificent services to provide. And then, you know, lo and behold, they don't have a pre-law advisor. Um, it just sets the stage to generate a lot of frustration and a lot of disappointment. And you know, in response to this, Provost Blake said, you know, in defense that there are going to be several CCS advisors who hold law degrees and, and have played key roles in pre-law advising before. And he also said the Writing Center is going to step up its support of students and that the Elliott School is going to help coordinate these pre-law efforts across mm -hmm. different schools as well. You know, why in your view do you think that isn't sufficient um, in terms of the services that Baker provided? Debbie? In addition to, you know, obviously being a brilliant lawyer, being, having a, being a brilliant JD, she also had, you know, several years of experience in the law school admissions process specifically. And, you know, that's what made her so useful and such a great resource, you know, because you can have all the lawyers you want as pre-law advisors, but if they really don't have that insider admissions experience, you know, they're essentially just like grasping at straws. Um, you know, with Debbie, you know, she had this admissions experience. She had a really unique way of connecting with students and, you know, telling them things that she knows because she has sat on an admissions committee before. And you know, having all of these, you know, supposedly key major role resources um, that, you know, the university hasn't exactly specifically named. So kind of just like a vague indication that there is going to be some sort of like law related advisor team. Um, it's just, it's just not convincing that they're going to be delivering the same kind of quality advising service. Just isn't productive. All right, Karina, thanks so much. I next spoke with Nicole Alonco, who is a 2015 graduate of the Elliott School and is now an immigrant attorney and justice court fellow in the William & Mary Immigration Clinic, which is based out of William & Mary Law School. Alonco, who signed the petition, said GW's pre-law advising played an important role in where she is today. Nicole, thanks so much for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. So what was your initial reaction to hearing the news and you know, why did you decide to sign the petition? So when I first heard that the pre-law advising position was cut, um, I was very concerned for students and mostly because of just how important the pre-law advisor 
was to me. So I signed the position, signed the petition uh, just to be in support of the students who were affected by this decision. I thought it was really important as an alum to remain engaged and to offer my support when students were voicing something that concerned them. And you know, how was pre-law advising helpful to you during your time at GW and of course given where you are today? So I'm a 2015 graduate of the Elliott School. So it's been a while since I've been at GW, not that long, but long enough. And when I was uh, at GW, the pre-law advisor helped me so much with the application process to law school. Applying to law schools is an extremely stressful time. It's your last year at GW. You're trying to figure out what you're going to do afterward. And the pre-law advisor is somebody who can really help you through the nuances of applying to law schools. And so for me, that was extremely important because I didn't have anybody else in my family who was a lawyer. Many people who go to law school may have a family member or know somebody who's a lawyer and they can talk to them about law schools and different nuances of law schools and the law school application process. I didn't have anybody like that. So for example, when I would look at things from law schools such as law reviews, law journals, clinics, court and mock trial teams, that was all foreign to me. And I didn't really know just how important those things would be to me during my time in law school. So having a pre-law advisor who could at least say, hey, take a look at this clinic, or I know you're interested in doing this thing. Why don't you look and see that they have a journal on this topic? You know, things like that, that really make a difference once you're in law school, but you might not necessarily know to look for them when you're an undergraduate student. So for me, it was really, really important that they could help guide me in knowing what to look for in my decision for a law school, as well as hone in my law school application to make it the best that it could be. So why do you think the termination of this sole pre-law advising position in CCAS is so significant to current students, you know, and what is its importance? This is somebody that can really help students through all of these decisions. This is somebody who can really help students understand about these different aspects of law school, like I mentioned, journals and clinics that you may not know as an undergraduate student, but that you really need to know when deciding on a law school, when finding which law school is best for you. Uh, for example, there are certain specialties of law. I work in immigration law. And there are certain specialties where having you know, certain experiences, like being an immigration in an immigration clinic at a law school, is really important to furthering your career. I Working in an immigration clinic now, I talk with students often about how this is a helpful step in going into the practice of immigration law or any other area of law, mind you, um, but how valuable this is. And so, you know, I would love to be able to share that information with undergraduate students, but I'm not in a position to do that. And the person that is in a position to do that, or at least help students know to even look for that in the first place, is a pre-law advisor. And, you know, the administration has said in defense to this elimination that, you know, there's several CCAS advisors who hold law degrees and you know, have played key roles in pre-law advising before. And they've also said that the Writing Center is going to step up its help of students and the Elliott School is going to help coordinate this pre-law effort across different schools. But, you know, do you think that's sufficient enough in terms of, you know, providing this uh, service for CCAS students? I think it really depends on the details of the plan. That's probably the most lawyerly thing that I'm going to say today. Um, I think it really does depend on the details of the plan. So I'm not really in a position to say whether or not the specific CCAS advisors that they're referencing are, you know, equipped to do this. I'm not in a position to say whether or not um, the Elliott School is the one best coordinating this, but I hope that the plan and whatever they end up doing, again, I think of this through the lens of having a, an individual pre-law advisor, but even if they aren't able to restore the position, I hope that whatever plan that they do put into place 
really takes into account some of these things that I'm talking about, about experiences of students who aren't, don't have someone else that they can really go to to talk about these things, that there's somebody that can really talk about the nuances of the law school application process, of what different law schools may offer, does this align with the students' goals and values. I just really hope that whatever comes out of this, and again, I think of this through the context of a pre-law advisor, will really help students find those answers and what they need and make the best decision for themselves. And so you think that this is really an impact on the student experience overall for, for those looking to go down this path too? I definitely think this is an impact on the student experience. I think, you know, especially, like I said, I want to make sure that whatever plan comes out or whatever is done will help support students get to where they want to be and give them the information they need to make that decision for themselves. And without this position, if the plan doesn't meet those needs, that is a gap in the student experience. Nicole, thanks so much. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Moving forward, the university plans to go ahead with this team approach of coordinating pre-law across the university's various resources. That would mean having the Elliott School take a lead on coordinating pre-law advising with help from the Writing Center and the Center for Career Services. As noted, the Columbia College of Arts and Sciences also has advisors on its team that do hold law degrees and can help in this process as well. The administration has not indicated that they would reinstate Baker so far. Getting to the bottom of it is hosted by Alec Rich and is produced by Gwen Wheeler.